your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special edition of Locked On Canadians. It is episode 534. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mala. And always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it is a new day in Montreal. The Canadians have finally named a brand new general manager and unfortunately neither you or I made the cut but neither did Patrick Waugh so that means we're on the same level as Patrick Waugh and I'm taking that as a compliment right now. (laughs) Yes we have Hall of Fame NHL careers. Uh, Patrick Waugh was pretty gracious about not being selected. He wished Kent Hughes luck um, and thanked the Canadians for their consideration. To be honest, in my mind, I thought that Darsh was the front runner. The rumblings that we heard with Briere, the rumors intensified. So I thought maybe he might have said something in an interview or a conversation that might have given him an edge. Kent Hughes was mentioned early in the process by some insiders. And then it was kind of from his end that he seemed to be like, no, I'm happy where I'm at. I don't necessarily want this position. So that's why I'm surprised. And I think some people have expressed concern that he doesn't have hockey management experience necessarily, which doesn't, it doesn't, I guess it's the context that's different, right? Like he has a hockey career. He has played hockey in his lifetime. He's represented hockey players. He has relationships with hockey people. My concern and hesitation is, isn't any of that, to be honest. It's really the fact that it took a lot of convincing. I think that, you know, Jeff Gordon got his man. That was somebody that I think he might have wanted from the beginning, which is probably why the name was uh, circulated very early on in the process. But the fact that they had to keep circling back and then he was negotiating late into Monday night, that's the only thing that gives me any kind of pause is that, is it because his previous job was something that he was very happy with, but, or was it something where he doesn't want this job, but they sweetened the deal for him enough that he had to say yes? I don't know, because I think that if anything, the general manager of any hockey team, but also specifically a hockey team in a market like this, uh, with a history like this, they have to have a sense of enthusiasm for the job and desire to do the job. And that, to me, is my only hesitation. I know a lot of people have com- expressed other concerns. And uh, this this one is my primary hesitation. And so just before we started recording, we found out that... Um, The press conference uh, where he's going to meet the media is going to take place at 4 p.m. today on Wednesday, which is the day that you would likely be listening to this. So obviously on our Thursday episode, we will have a lot of talk about what was said in that press conference. That'll give us our first impression of him and we'll see what happens. But I don't know, Scott, because I I, I already did the quick bonus episode when the news when it was announced. You haven't had a chance to really weigh in on your thoughts on this hiring. I, I look at this this way is that uh, Matthew Darsh was at the top of my list for who I wanted. He knows the Canadians very well. He was, you know, here for a couple of seasons. He knows the market. 
He's had a very good on-the-fly internship in Tampa Bay under Julian Breesbaugh and Steve Eiserman when he was there. I think he was by far the leading candidate, and I think that there is a lot. We're not the only team, or the Canadians were not the only team in on Matthew Darsh. We know that he's interviewing out in Anaheim as well, and the biggest thing about all of this is it's about fit. And we know Jeff Gordon is going to oversee a lot of this. We know Jeff Gordon is the one is arguably the guy steering this ship and the GM is acting alongside them as, you know, a team here. It is not a one man show here. Like we've seen in other organizations where like Lou Lamarillo is the law where Mark Bergevin was the law in Montreal. It is no longer that anymore. I'm very interested because Kent Hughes is, we talked about this, uh, when the news first broke that he was one of the candidates, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who initially reported that he was a hockey player agent. He reps guys like Chris Letang, Mike Matheson, Patrice Bergeron for Portex Hockey. He had a total client worth of $279 million. Kent Hughes is not a small time player agent coming into this. He's a guy with years and years of experience and connections. And I look at the way this team is being set up right now. They still have John Sedgwick who knows the cap and inside and out. Jeff Gordon helped write the CBA. And now you have Kent Hughes who has an intricate knowledge of dealing with players and with other agents and so much else. He knows that personal level that these got that the, that require that is required of a GM Mark Bergevin for as much as he did care about certain parts of the team tended to be a lot more business-like in his dealings. And there's layers to this that I really like in that Hughes is not a guarantee. No one in hockey is a guarantee, but the way that the front office is shaping up right now, it's very, very promising that they have a group that seems to understand every single level to this. And they're building more of a brain trust than a a solo mission here for what this team needs right now. And I think that's important is that there's balance to that. And maybe Matthew Darsh wanted a bigger role that the Canadians maybe weren't willing or couldn't compromise on because of Jeff Gordon's position or something else. And maybe Daniel Briere, um, they didn't think had the necessary requirements for that. I think Hughes is, I don't want to say safe in a negative way because I think that's unfair to him when you haven't even had a chance to see what he can do. But I think he's a pick that's good to build on with what they're doing in Montreal right now. He's here for five years. That's a that's a lifetime in the NHL these days, unless you know you're Mark Bergevin somehow. I I'm very intrigued to see what their next steps are going forward. And they're gonna hit the ground running in the near future. We'll obviously have more from their press conference tomorrow, but as far as hirings go, everything in this makes perfect sense, which almost makes it anticlimactic, I feel like. There's a lot of sense to this, but I also think that it's new enough that I do think it is exciting. There's, It does pique my curiosity. And I know we're going to talk more as time goes on. Obviously, the press conference is going to tell us a lot. And then the first set of hirings is going to tell us a lot. I really hope that he is at liberty to share the vision that they've discussed in the interview process. That's something that I'm very, very curious about personally. And I think, um, you know, obviously, we're going to talk in the next segment about what, the, what we think the next steps might or should be. But... I think this is fresh enough for me to be interesting. 
I, I, I am right there with you. One, it was always going to be interesting because it's a, it's a huge new day for the Montreal Canadiens and everything involved with that. I'm just relieved that we're no longer speculating and waiting. Like the AGM and other stuff is important, but not as important as obviously installing the face of the organization right now. I'm very intrigued about what the next steps are and what their plan is. And I'm hoping, like you said, that we get uh, some answers on that in the near future. But there is already some news around Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, and the newly reshaped Montreal front office. And we're going to get to that coming in to our next segment. But first, folks, it is the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. That means people trying to eat better, trying to get in shape by going to the gym. And do we have the absolute perfect product for you. That's right, folks. It is Built Bar. It makes it so easy to stick to whatever your resolutions are because it tastes amazing that you probably can't have just one. Every Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in real chocolate. And there are flavors for everybody ranging from peanut butter brownie to raspberry, cookies and cream to mint brownie, and so many more. And there's always new limited time flavors And the best part is they are low in fat, low in carbs, low in calories, and high in protein. Everything you need to get your day started and stick to your resolutions. I have them all the time when I'm going to and from work or at work when I need that boost. And if you go to built.com right now, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go check out built.com, find those flavors that you want to try out, get a mix pack, Use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. As always, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available on every podcasting platform. Laura, there is more big news. Uh, Decades after the fact, the Montreal Canadiens have finally, potentially, gotten Vincent LeCavalier to join the franchise and... Unlike what Brian Lawton says, where that trade, that infamous non-trade changes with pieces every single time it is talked about, it seems pretty likely that uh, Vinny LeCavalier might be joining the Canadiens' front office. In what role, we don't know, but he has worked very closely with Kent Hughes in the past. I believe, I want to say it was Hughes was his agent. Yes. It's, yes, that's what I, I, I wanted to make sure I had that right before I said that on the air, but... <laughs> Um, I'm intrigued in this because obviously like FIA does know the Montreal market very well. He knows the pressures and he knows what it's like to be a superstar in this league and everything that goes along with that. I'm, I'm curious what his role would be because I do not think putting him in like an AGM spot or something is the right choice right now, because I'd rather have someone with actual player agent experience or management experience and all due respect to Vincent LeCavalier, who is an incredible hockey player. He does not have that right now. And I'm hoping this isn't a nepotism or cronyism kind of hire. I'm hoping this is a, this is a guy who can help in player development or player pro scouting, something along those lines, in which case I think, yeah, uh, I would be all over that, honestly. So another piece of this puzzle is that Vinny LeCavalier's brother uh, is also works with Kent Hughes or worked with him um, at the at the agency 
uh, is my understanding. And so a lot of the information that the media has uh, kind of gleaned about Kent Hughes, in, Kent Hughes in the last 24 hours has been from uh, Vinny's brother. And I do think that Vinny LeCalier currently has a minor role in the organization in Tampa. I think it's a great idea to have, uh, I mean, again, this is just us speculating here. We don't have any inside information. This is just us talking as fans, as people who uh, really would have liked to have Vinny here uh, during his playing career. I think uh, it's possible that it could be like a Darsh-like situation where there's a general manager who's come in and a protege is coming up with him through the ranks as well. Uh, I think that would be really great. And so, like you said, a role like scouting or something like that, maybe it's a little much to throw him into a VP or AGM type role. I do think that there is room for him, especially for somebody who seems to be, uh, who seems to have a longstanding relationship with the general manager. I don't necessarily think it would be favoritism unless it's really some sort of PR type role, in which case it would literally be a PR type role, you know, come in, help uh, generate some goodwill with the community after um, an abysmal season. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I, I, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen. This is a lot of speculation based on their relationship. Also, Vinny LeCavalier, if I remember correctly, is from Il Bazard, uh, also uh, basically the West Island of Montreal. So a lot of Montreal hires, that's, that, that makes me really excited. I recognize the names that, that, of the places where these people are from. I can literally drive to them in minutes. Uh, and so I, I do think, though, uh, for me, I would also like to see some more seasoned hockey people. I love new. I want more new. I don't get me wrong. I don't want any less new. I don't want, I don't want it to stop here with, you know, the hiring of Chantal Maccabe and then now like an outside the box type GM person. I want newness in this front office. I want new faces. I want them to give people a shot. I want them to change their philosophy. But I think, you know, in addition to Jeff Gorton, I do think there needs to be somebody on the management team that has a lot of experience, but I would like it to be somebody who's a little bit more behind the scenes, not necessarily a retread previous GM or coach or something like that. I do want to see a little bit of experience, just simply somebody to balance it out. And, you know, it's possible that Jeff Gordon is enough for that. And the thing that I'm excited about is that the relationship between these two uh, seems to be uh, a positive one. They won't be competing. They won't be butting heads. Uh, it means that there is a unified vision if they've managed to sort of sell each other on, on their plans and their ideas. Uh, that's all really, really positive to me. But I think, you know, we talked about what, what's the first thing that we wanted or what, what are the first three things last week we talked about what we want uh, the, the new general manager to do. I think the closer we get to the draft and the more likely it becomes that the Canadians are going to get a lottery pick, I think that's going to be one thing. But Scott, you pointed something out um, and you said it wasn't very subtle. And the Montreal Canadiens uh, official Twitter account was highlighting a Jordan Harris play and a lot of people much like yourself observed, like, is this a new era? Does this mean that the relationship is going to be rebuilt with players like him or prospects like him, which may have been, you know, kind of soured on it, but now with this new, with this new management team, um, things are going to be uh, like refreshed and, and, or ties are going to be uh, reestablished. The, the fun part I think about this is that, Kent Hughes's son, Jack Hughes. No, not that Jack Hughes. The other Jack Hughes, but not related to Luke, Jack, or Quinn Hughes, which 
too many Hughes Hughes eye uh, in, in this in this scenario here. Plays with Jordan Harris and Jaden Struble at Northeastern right now. And we know Jordan Harris is going to be a commodity, not only for the Canadians, but other teams going into this offseason. Jaden Struble posted about Hughes' hire on Instagram, on his story. And then the Canadians are highlighting uh, Harris's goal against Vermont tonight. It already feels like this is the kind of thing that kind of shifts the direction the team is. This is a, okay, there's a new guy in charge now. It's no longer we're waiting on the GM. Everyone is on notice at this point. Everyone has to realize no job is safe. This is a new regime. This is not Mark Bergevin where if Mark Bergevin brought you in in a trade, you were probably golden unless you're, you know, Max Domi, which neither here nor there. So there's a lot that's going to change now, and I'm hoping it brings some life back into the team. I, I don't care if they lose games, but I'm hoping to see a little bit of effort out of that. And I'm very curious what this means now for the coaching staff as well, because, you know, neither guy here has any actual loyalty to what's going on. And if the games continue like they are, they might just go ahead and change that, honestly. So there is so, so much that's going to happen. And there was about 90 pages of health updates on the Montreal Canadiens from a presser uh, yesterday that we never really got a chance to uh, with all the news going on. The team looks like it's getting healthier. What's that going to mean for the rest of the season? And what does that mean for the Laval Rocket? Well, folks, we will let you know. We're going to get into that coming up next. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march toward, through the NFL playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and new updated desktop and mobile website allow you to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, to get started. From basketball, football, hockey, boxing, and the UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't we take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So we do have roster updates, unfortunately. Uh, we have more COVID news, and I know everyone's such a fan. Yol Armia and Cole Caulfield have both entered the NF the NFL's Jesus the NHL's COVID protocol today. They are unavailable against Dallas. If they test negative, they can be back in the lineup on the 28th. It's, man, we we, talk, we, we must have jinxed Cole Caulfield. We were talking about how he's managed to stay healthy and dodge this all season. And then Yol Armia, I believe this is his second or third bout with COVID. And given how he hasn't looked like himself this year, I'm wondering how, he, how much he really recovered from the first time around with it last year. It, it's a... As rough of time as this is for that, for Caulfield and Armia to be out, the team's getting has Josh Anderson back. Tyler Toffoli is skating and is likely to make a debut. I believe they're hoping by the end of the week, if not sooner. And Paul Byron should be back in the lineup. But the biggest news out of all of this is Carey Price's rehab uh, here is all kind of reset in that his he is starting from scratch because of the pause in his rehabilitation, his skating and everything. All that progress that was made is now paused and he is starting over again. So he is still out indefinitely. 
the the only real good news out of any of this happening right now is a lot of the other guys who are sitting on the taxi squad or in and out of the lineup are being returned to the Lavelle Rocket, a team who has been desperate for depth here. Alex Belzeal cleared waivers today. He is back in the lineup. Joel Teasdale was skating at practice for the Rocket today. And Xavier Ouellette was skating at practice for the Rocket today. The Canadians aren't making the playoffs, but the Rocket are in the thick of the hunt. And out of everything happening right now with people getting healthy, I'm glad that that team's getting some reinforcements here because they are they are thin, to put it lightly. Um, I'm really interested to see what Anderson, Toffoli, and Byron back in the lineup can do for the Canadians. Hopefully with a little bit of their, I, I hate to say this because it sounds so cliche, but uh, veteran presence, maybe it can bring about some stronger performances going forward. I think so. We talked a lot about the missing veterans and the missing leadership and all of that at the beginning of the season before, you know, the injuries and the COVID decimating um, the season. I think that's a, that's a, a real positive. But at the same time, we also have a new player, a relatively new player who has finally made his mark in that game against Arizona. He scored his first goal. And so we were lucky enough to get some insight from Seth Topol of the Locked On Minnesota Wild podcast about what to expect and, uh, you know, his experience of Rem Pitlick. And here's our quick little clip from Seth Topol. We love Seth for doing this for us. Thank you so, so much. Hey, everybody. Seth Topol, host of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast with a little intel on the newest member of the Montreal Canadiens, Mr. Rem Pitlick. Uh, Pitlick was claimed by the Wild before the season started off of the Nashville Predators roster. And uh, it took him a little while to get into game action. But uh, once he did, he certainly made an impact right away. Had a hat trick against the Seattle Kraken earlier this season. And uh, he looks like a guy that was going to be able to be one of the reliable lower line players uh, for the Wilds, brought hustle, energy, and uh, just kind of a nose for uh, for getting dirty and uh, and trying to uh, make plays on the edges. And um, he was somebody that it just seemed like contributed enough winning plays that he would be in the lineup on uh, any given night. Now uh, things started to shift uh, with injuries, and the Wilds obviously calling up. Um, the likes of Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi, and also Connor Dewar. And if you want to point to kind of one reason that uh, that Pitlick was deemed to be uh, expendable by the Wild, it was the Connor Dewar call-up. Dewar, a uh, similar skill type to what uh, Pitlick brings to the table, uh, a guy who's got good speed, good puck handling, and just looks like a confident player out on the ice, once he hopped up into the lineup and uh, played as well as Pitlick had, then uh, it became pretty evident for the Wild that um, they did not necessarily need Pitlick's services anymore. And I was always adamant that uh, I think Pitlick was a project that the Wild acquired uh, just to buy them time and to get them until Matt Boldy was ready to come back uh, after getting injured in uh, in training camp, so once he was uh, was back in the lineup, then there really was not a uh, a s- consistent spot 
amongst the uh, the top six for uh, for Pitlick. But Canadians getting a guy who is uh, is a grinder. He he's going to be a guy who gives you quality minutes. Just didn't necessarily have as big of an opportunity as uh, I think he would have liked uh, here with Minnesota. So he ended up getting put on waivers and makes his way out to the Montreal Canadiens. And by the sounds of it, has already had some pretty good success so far in his Canadiens career. We wish him well and uh, hope that he is a productive player for the Canadiens the rest of the season. For more on the Minnesota Wild, make sure you check out Locked on Wild, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we want to thank Seth. Uh, you can check him out every day at Locked On Wild, uh, where they're covering everything from Kaprizov, 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 and the I guess. Uh, the suddenly very fun Minnesota Wild, no longer the Minnesota Wild. Please go check out Locked On Wild. They do great work over there. As always, folks, thank you so much for listening to our show. And we do have late lineup news here. Tyler Toffoli is back in the lineup against the Dallas Stars. And I know that this will come out the day after, but guess what? That's what you're getting now. So, folks, thank you as always for listening to Locked On Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, folks. We have a tremendous video plan. We are working out all the details right now. Please, please, please take a look for it. Um, we will have plenty of stuff coming there soon. As always, thank you for making us your first listen today. Check out Lockdown Bets when you're done listening to us. If you're betting on sports, your boy Q and Lee Sterling have absolutely everything that you need.